1: This is the Wes and Walker Show. This is Wes. I mean, seriously, I this happened 20 seconds ago, and then Wes just decides in the distance to give us this kind of show cry to start off. It's Wes.
2: Whoa! Let's go, baby! Let's get it going! Come on!
1: And Walker. Out of nowhere. I mean, I looked like a pansy, to be honest with you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. City said, that scared me. I said, that scared <laughs> the he bleep a, out of me. Yeah. I he looked- said the same thing. Mike wrote in on the text line. If I was a college football head coach, I would hire Wes just to come in on Saturday mornings to pump up the team. Maybe is that the side hustle
2: you could put out there, Wes? Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, uh, tomorrow when I get to go do the coin toss thing, they say you can come out and talk to the teams if I get there by 5.15. So I'm going to partake in that. All right. Well, let's try to motivate the young man.
1: Let's explain to the people what you're doing. Okay. Because Uh, Kyle came to us, what was it, a couple weeks ago? mm -hmm. And asked... If we wanted to do the coin toss for an Audrey Kell game, correct?
2: Uh Uh-huh. Patriotism bowl, they call
1: it. Okay. The important thing about this is, if you are the one flipping the coin, (laughs) you arrive to the stadium via helicopter. Yes. That's correct. Now, Kyle said he's done this before. Couldn't do it. Now, Wes, I wanted to do it. Can't do it. I got to go to Boone. My mom's hosting a music festival, Antlers and Acorns. If you want to go check it out, please do. I would love a present. That was pretty nice this Christmas. But Wes is going to be hopping out of an hell uh, heli- I guess you're not hopping out, but you're going to be landing on the football field. Yes via helicopter. It's going to be sweet.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's a little bit of a homage to Ric Flair back in the day that came out of Chopper 9 uh, once. That's what I thought about when I first thought about this. So when I get out, I might do the uh, Ric Flair strut as I Walk out you of there. Yeah. You I should. That, that might be something that happens. The only piece of advice that I
1: have okay. is if you go full Ric Flair, make sure your woo is louder than when you were
2: describing his documentary. No doubt about it. I will give you a full-blown woo that will make Ric Flair very proud.
1: Okay. Sounds good. That's fantastic. So hopefully we'll get that on social media maybe somehow. Maybe show. I'm sure. Maybe he does. I don't know. Rick, we appreciate it if you are. <laughs> Time now for Live <laughs> Wire with Josh Fitty Marlow on the team connect. Get respect for they I know you feel this.
3: All right guys, the the love affair with Biff Poji, We've all experienced it here locally. He's been on every show here at WFNZ um we've got to really get to know him we'll get to know him more starting tonight with the mining for greatness a documentary that drops on espn plus i think it's at seven o'clock tonight but uh he's also starting to get some love nationally from people that are involved with the game of football as marcus spears uh made it known on nfl live on monday or tuesday he likes charlotte's new football coach I've waited my
2: entire life to find my white uncle, and I found him. His name is Biff. He coaches in Charlotte. Look at Biff's resume, y'all. College teammate with Dan Marino. Favorite artist, Frank Sinatra. I like Frank Sinatra too, Biff. Former hedge fund manager, <laughs> because you know we like money. And mo- most importantly, run the dang ball when it comes to football. And our lifestyles kind of coexist. We love cookies, as you can tell. That's my dog, Biff.
1: I didn't. I didn't know who I wanted more of the uh, stamp of approval from in the entire football world, but Marcus Spears giving Charlotte football and Biff Pogey the stamp of approval, big time, by Marcus saying he wants Biff to be his white uncle. I love everything about it, <laughs> and I'm glad that we had that soundbite, choppy as it may be. The content was worth it, and we appreciate Marcus Spears over here in Niner Country.
2: No question about it, man. That was very big for Charlotte to be able to get a cosign like that, and I did not know he was college teammates with Dan Marino.
1: Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I yeah. did not know that Learned either. something new every day. Do you get white uncle vibes from Biff Pogey, Wes? Uh,
2: no, I'm not going to go that far, but definitely, man, he just strikes me as a guy's guy. I think about chicken okay. wings, uh, hanging out, talking football all day long with a guy like that. Okay.
3: <laughs> what what in Im- impressed you most about his attire on saturday was it because like the cutoff gets the attention the grass cutting shorts though i think are a close second
1: (laughs) it's a great point by you it's exactly what i thought watching him over there on the sideline as well now the combo is almost like power rangers putting their rings together and creating a superhuman (laughs) miff poji was that on the sideline but the shorts make it as well and even the cherry on top with that being the visor everything about it everything about it and plus i'm glad that he's a big old dude it doesn't hit the same i wore the biff pochi cutoff. noodle arms are out it does not hit the same you got to have some meat on those arm bones and i do not I thought you were in the gym uh you know it's a little bit even so even so I don't want biceps I don't want that I want big old arms like you're a big old dude where I can't see definition and that's what you got everything <laughs> it just works
2: it works yeah I mean when you talk about if a muscular guy were to wear you'd feel like he was showing off yeah. or trying to be cute but 100%. when a guy like that wears it you know he just doesn't care he's out there to coach some football and he wants to be comfortable And you have to like the nonchalance coming out there in an outfit like that to coach football at this level
1: I got another Biff shirt the other day I look its it's, it's kind of getting out of control. I went to the student union to go get that shirt last Friday. There was somebody looking at it and thought, oh, it was 35 bucks. It's a lot of money. You went on campus to get it? Yep. it's a lot of money. No doubt about it.
3: You pay for every streaming platform known to me. You don't, I don't. complain about I money. I do
1: not. I do not. <laughs> we got rid of some. I He pays really? for the pooper scooping. We did. I, I do not do that either. So, oh, you're Danny. out of that business now. I told you my girlfriend has had that service for like Two years. I told y'all that. I told
2: y'all.
1: I'm not money bags, okay? But I did want the cutoff shirt badly enough to where I went ahead and bit the bullet. Now, there was somebody else that I was talking to that was also looking to purchase that shirt. I see him outside, and he calls me out as I'm just trying to go to the car. Did you spend $35 on that shirt? I said, yes, I did. I'm ready to go for it. He said, man, I don't know how you could do that. Like, well, you know, I'm ready for the Biff Pogier. He said, Man, he ain't proved nothing. I was like, Man, honestly, the guy could not win a game. Was that a student? And I still would love this shirt. No, he was not a student. Oh, he was an adult. He was, yeah, he was an older gentleman. He was
3: one of the people that Biff called out when he said they don't want to give him no money. Yeah. He was the one. He Man. was 100%. I'm giving him money. Biff, please.
1: <laughs> I have $3. <laughs> win. That's what I have. Go ahead, Fiddy. What else you got for me?
3: All right. So, Wes, you 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 hinted at Colorado, Nebraska renewing their rivalry this weekend. Big noon kickoff will be in town for that one. And Deion Sanders, who's been in Boulder all of what, nine months? Going up against former Panther head coach Matt Rule says this rivalry, it's already personal.
4: <laughs> rivalries are rivalries. Um there's some more severe than others i think everywhere you go coach from high school on up or from youth league on up you're going to have rivalries and just learning the dynamics of the different rivalries are i like it it's delightful so i've learned the 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 severity the serious nature of this rivalry and i'm embracing it 100 percent this is personal that's the message of the week this is personal
2: I love this. Uh, I love this rivalry becoming somewhat of something again because of Dion in Colorado. I remember as a kid the Friday after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. hanging out on the afternoon and watching this football game when it really meant something. It normally meant Nebraska was going to uh, bust some heads, but they would have very competitive games in bad weather, two of my favorite things. And so uh, I'm glad that this game is going to matter again because without Dion, and uh, the crew, this game would be just another forgettable game on the schedule.
1: We've come to know Matt Rule very well here in Charlotte. Unfortunately. Matt Rule does not come across as the guy that is ready to match that smoke with Deion Sanders. Matt Rule does not come across as the coach that's ready to match that energy. Deion is here. He's making it personal. Matt Rule seems like the guy's like, well, you know, as I'm is football, you know, whatever. Like, but we're, we're going to give it our all. You know, he's going to do that stuff. But Deion... Dion is out here making sure you know that it's personal. And I love the antithesis of those two personalities squaring off this weekend.
2: No question. I mean, it's going to make the uh, environment that much more lit. The fact that Dion has said this, he lit the match, and now we get to enjoy the aftermath on Saturday. The biggest rivalry for Matt
3: Rule is just winning football games, you know, something he hasn't done since he was, you know, at Baylor. So he doesn't have time to worry about prime time. Because if he goes 0 2 in Lincoln, they'll, they'll, they might run him out.
1: Yeah, and Matt Rule and NFL victories are more like the App State Western Carolina rivalry. It's pretty one sided oh, with Matt Rule. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm, pow, pow, I'm sorry. Pow, pow,
3: pow, pow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Vinny?
3: All right. So uh, Tom Brady was on the Let's Go podcast earlier in the week, and his, his son is going to play football for the first time this year. And. His son doesn't want to grow up and be Tom Brady. He wants to grow up and be who? Check it out.
1: I'm always gonna love throwing that ball. That's Ooh. a, you know, my son is gonna play football this year, Benny. So I've been throwing the ball to him in the backyard, and he wants to be a tight end like Gronk, and he's gonna be a little beast. But uh, you know, I never thought he's such a he's an amazing kid. But he and he's and he's got a lot of talents. He's very he's got a really talented musician and artist. And then he told me this year, Dad, I'm playing football, and I was like, What do you want to play? And he's like, Tight end, I want to be like Gronk. And I was like, That's the spot to be. So I actually texted Gronk and I'm like, yo, my boy wants to be like you. And he he loved it. And he's like, That's so great. So I think we've heard something like this before from Tom Brady. I think he's admitted it that his son loves Gronk. And so I'm not I don't feel like I'm as surprised to hear about it, but it is hilarious. This is how it goes for fathers sometimes, right? You have what is the greatest quarterback of all time and his own son doesn't want to be like him. He wants to be like a teammate that he had.
2: Well, no doubt about it. Tom Brady's brand was all about intensity and fire. Gronks was all about fun and being dominant. And so I think for a kid, when they see a really good player that likes to have a lot of fun, they're definitely going to gravitate towards that.
1: All right, 704 is not helping me. They just texted and said, should have saved your money. Google Stogies with Poji shirt. I, I'm going to go bankrupt buying Biff Poji shirts. Mm-hmm. I have enough of this man on a bunch of shirts that I'm going to be wearing Sounds for the like Charlotte football a season. I am deal, though. I know. I mean, now Stogie's, Pogey, Charlotte football.
3: And you still haven't bought the CBI championship shirt. All right. That's what you're getting for Christmas. What size shirt are you? All
1: right. I'm an XL. Mike Hill. Take my money. Just take it. I'm sorry.
2: I'm not donating. They really should be throwing it to you, man. You're an alumni that's done well. They need to be sending you this stuff.
1: What would help? That way, I can pay bills instead of yeah, so pay. Charlotte Athletics.
2: Shirts. If you're out there, send my man Walker some stuff, man. He shouldn't be spending skrilla.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Listen to Wes, please. He's a smart man. What <laughs> else do you have for us here, Fitty? Before we close it out on the live wire.
3: All right. Did y'all guys see the rant that Chandler Jones went on his Instagram where he was being like locked out? Kind like me when I go to the gym, it's locked out. I can't get in. Why I'm overweight? Oh, okay. he was trying to get in and work out for the Raiders. <laughs> he had to go to a local gym to get ready for the season opener, the first of many losses coming this year for Vegas. So that happened. Also yesterday, Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels, we addressed the situation.
4: I'm not going to talk about the, you know, that's kind of a personal situation and um, as a, you know, we, we've never really gone into, you know, those kind of things, so I'm going to steer away from that. Um, you know, it's a private matter and um, you know, you know, if there's something to report on it, then you know, we'll, we'll do that, but uh, as of right now, no. <clears throat> as of right now? Okay. There's nothing to rub. There's nothing to talk about. No, I, I don't. You know, right now we're going day to day. So, um, you know, he, he he's not going to be here today. So we'll we'll kind of take it one day at a time. Did
2: it warrant some sort of a talk with the team to kind of...
4: A- yeah, I'm not going to get into this. You know what I mean? So it's a personal situation. It's a private matter. You know, want to talk about the game on Sunday. I'll be excited oh, to talk private. about the game. Fix the game though, John. <laughs> get get, um, he's not a captain. Um so it, you know, it it is what it is. Um like I said, we're 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 dealing with it internally. Uh we've dealt with it. Um but we're not gonna not gonna get into this.
2: Well, I mean, for one, he is on my most hated list for coaches as far Same. as sports
4: hate goes.
2: I can't stand this little pipsqueak and he's got more good fortune than I don't even know what else you could say. And it's not a private matter because Chandler Jones went out and put this all on Twitter for public consumption. So it is a matter of the public. He should have just uh, answered the question. But again, this is his last year in Las Vegas anyway. He'll be gone after this year in good riddance. I mean, I can't stand the guy. He, he backs out on people when he takes a job. And then, uh, you know, I, I just, I can't stand him. So you can add him to the list with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Josh McDaniels.
1: Well, and it's really hard for me to get a grasp on what's going on between the Raiders and Chandler Jones because also apparently the Raiders sent somebody to his house and said that he needs to go with them immediately that he'll stop posting if the Raiders let him play on Sunday is what I was reading according to Pro Football Talk. Mm. It's hard to get a, a real grip on what's going on but really unfortunate with what's going on with Chandler Jones, the fact that he feels the need to do this, whether that's on him or whether that's on the Raiders. McDaniels
3: is the guy that makes you question why guys like Steve Wilkes Eric Enemy. like, right. like there, there's there's some there's some great coaches that can't get jobs. Yet this noted, first off, losing head chach. coach, Chach. Hip squeak, <laughs> like I mean, your, your whole career was that you 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 were the coordinator behind Tom Brady's offense. Congratulations, bro! Pack your bags, go pay the strippers, because you're gonna be coaching in Las Vegas next year. <laughs> the collective hate <laughs> for Josh McDaniels.
2: Yeah, Davis popping off the not wall. It's Josh real. fired. He said shirts. You'll need to retire in three years about those shirts. No, mm-hmm. I'm, not,
1: I'm not retiring them at all. I will be wearing them every step of the way <laughs>
2: even if biff poji
1: is gone i will be wearing the biff poji shirt because that's gonna be my head coach
3: i'm here for a walker versus app state beef like I'm, <laughs> i am too. here for it and i'll join
1: just, you because
2: i don't care for app state like that either
1: even after i gave them love calling them on the right side of a one-sided rivalry with what i mean if anything catamounts fans should be coming at me if if we have any
2: yeah <laughs> well, so we got well, some i'm out. gonna ride with you if the app state fans want to jump you up virtually all right dave if you want
1: beef with me, you got beef with Wes too. That's right. You too, Josh McDaniels. You pip squeak. They're all three of us. Huh? Right. <laughs> all three of us called him a pip squeak. We got a couple more segments to go. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio ninety two seven, WFNZ.
2: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: We have people on the text line wanting that smoke. Let's go. We're here for the smoke. We got App State Dave, who I know, by the way. (laughs) He said, I've known Walker since he was bricking layups at Bunker Hill. He went, he took it to the basketball squad. (laughs) He took it back to my high school days. That's tough. Old App State Dave. We also got a text from Papa Fitty, (laughs) which is fantastic. And I, I'm glad that Fitty let us know who texted in when we got a text message, by the way, 704-570-9610. Papa Fitty said, Fitty has no business calling anyone a squeak. But yes, McDaniel. Oh, that's Pops. Does need to be gone. Yeah, it is a burn. There's And, and you go back into the history, and uh, they're great. They're great text. One of them on April. Man, so it was a while back. In April, he said, Fitty Picks Losers. <laughs> uh, and the one without any context. Same day, he said, let it go. No OnlyFans account for you.
3: Lord knows what that was in reference to. He said, to. no
2: one refers to Fitty as fine.
3: I saw that. Whenever that guy originally texted in, I must uh missed it, which is... Really, the, the the pot calling the pedal the, the kettle black because we look exactly the same. So if I'm not fine, then my dad's not fine. But yet he's married and has four kids. Somehow, what am I doing? Are wrong? you gonna
2: be there? You're gonna be there, Fitty. I can see you having a very large family. It's gonna happen soon too. Yeah, I I I think it's gonna happen soon. We're going to lift you up. Well, I guess
1: not until after football based season. Based
2: off what he said, how he will raise them, don't ever bring them to my house for longer than 30 minutes, and you and your <laughs> wife would need to be there. Because, uh, yeah. It's a, yeah
1: it's, a quick, be it's a quick stop to say hello, and then <laughs> it's probably best for everybody if they leave. Based, just based off what we've heard, we're not trying to be mean. This is just Fitty telling us what he might be about when he's a little bit older.
2: Yeah, I mean, the kids are going to be hell on wheels. So, like I said, <laughs> you guys can come by for a short stay. We love you, but yeah, I, I mean, break that belt out, like I said. So, you need oh, no. to, uh, yeah. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle uh, Wes.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Uncle Wes, that's how up. I get them out of there. I had to just clear it out with the belt and say, y'all going to get up out of here. They're going to be the most
1: well behaved kids. <laughs> like at your house. And then as soon as they step out onto the front lawn, leaving, going back to Fitty's house, it's going to be all hell, right. breaking it was lose the hell up Dan. Although I, I hate it because I feel like Fitty missed his window because now it's college football season. We're getting yeah. important games yeah. and it's going to be college basketball season before you know it. November starting up. He's going to be really too much preoccupied with the four corners podcast. Yeah. heel tough blog, locking himself in for big 12 football I, I think did, it's just going to take a,
2: a special woman for him to match with that things start to work better. And we'll see some of that melt away. He'll he'll decide to start, especially with YouTube TV that he can record games and different stuff and he can watch them. And actually sometimes, uh, recording the games isn't that bad because you can get through them much faster when you can fast forward yes. through stoppage and commercials and things like that. So Fiddy might find some workarounds if he can find the right lady.
1: Uh, Casey, Steve said, Papa Fiddy and I would get along great. Yeah, <laughs> <I
2: think.
1: laughs> there are a lot of people that are fans of the Papa I <laughs> call Fitty me Zay. Adrian Peterson. Oh, no. Oh, God. Let's move on. Let's we went on. there. Okay. <laughs> exit. Exit. Now exit. All right. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers opening game week one. <laughs> <laughs> it's against the Atlanta Falcons. Here's what I want to know. If you look at how important this game is, right? Do we want to do the sports radio thing and call this
2: a must win? Because it seems crazy. I think because it's a road game, not necessarily. And the fact that you'll see them twice.
1: I think it seems crazy because it is crazy. Like we, we don't have to call this a must win game. I heard Mac and bone giving their final predictions before we get to the season they had them going ten and seven. When they went over the schedule, they actually oh wow, we kind of stumbled across another win. We got them winning eleven. <laughs> they they got dangerously close to the Willie P twelve win prediction. That's when they were going over the schedule, and they even admitted that they very well could go two and four to start the season off, which would be really hard to rebound. Maybe you could do a Detroit Lions thing and then get in contention for the postseason. That's exactly what happened to Detroit, who you'll be watching tonight against Kansas City. But we know that the history does show. Actually, if you win your first game, the odds are you might win the Super Bowl or certainly get to the postseason. It's a good predictor. Wes. How much of a predictor do you think this is going to be for the Carolina Panthers to have success? No, it doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, I was
2: going to say that uh, that sounds like something we might have to bite and uh, do tomorrow. You want to go through Carolina's schedule and we can pick it by quarters like we did for a team week. That sounds like uh, something to cook up to me. We could do that.
1: Yeah. We can plan the show. As we do the show, I know Fitty loves it, so we can (laughs) – that was, again, seductive. But, yes, we can absolutely do that. How important do you think this game is going to be, though? Like, It doesn't mean you think they're going to win or not, just how important.
2: I think it's definitely important. Every week is in the NFL, but as far as just it being dire, must win, I don't see it that way because it's on the road against a division rival, a team that you will see again in your place always feel like teams of similar ilk will split uh, during the season. So I don't think it's that detrimental to your season if you lose to Atlanta week one.
1: Yeah, so the Super Bowl winners have a 46-10-1 record in kickoff weekend during their title seasons. Teams are 14-4 and beginning in the 2004 regular season with a Super Bowl champ uh, with the New England Patriots in that year. 18 of the past, I think, 19 defending Super Bowl champs have competed in the first game of the following regular season and have recorded a 14-4 and record in those 18 contests. All that to say, there's evidence to suggest that it's important to win your first game. I think with the Carolina Panthers, with us not having Super Bowl aspirations, us having more so playoff aspirations, and then seeing what can happen after that, yeah, I I think that's what I would hold in regard, but I do think it's an important game though. Because if you're going to go 2 and 4 to start the first six games of the season, you have to imagine this is one of the games that you could possibly win.
2: Now, I will also throw into the or bake it in as you like to say, how does it look? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's the thing. How does it look? Is it you give up 5 sacks, 6 sacks to the Falcons? Do they completely obliterate you as far as offensively? Like, Mm -hmm. are there just holes, blown assignments if Burns isn't out there? Is it the quarterback just pity-patting the ball all day before he throws it downfield? I think that's important. Now, how does it look? Are you competitive? I think that's a key piece to all this because if you come out and the things that you were slightly worried about because a lot of the fans hit you with the, eh, it's just preseason, whatever, whatever. How does it look game one? Is Icky still giving up pressures? Sacks, is the offensive line being dominated most of the game? Are you getting whooped up front? I think that's a vital part of this is the optics of it all. So let's talk about Icky. We were going with some
1: X factors. I went with the offensive line just because I think there's a wide range of outcomes, as we talked about a little bit ago in uh, earlier in the show. For Icky, If he's going up against a Grady Jarrett or going up against a Calais Campbell, I mean, we're talking about those guys. You know, it's an odd man front that he'll be facing in in that situation. So who knows exactly who's going to be facing constantly. But I think with Icky for me, Wes, the, the guys that really worry me are the players that have a lot of speed to their game. I think that's the thing that made Icky struggle a little bit. We go to the Giants. It was Thibodeau that was getting around him. And we know that he had a fantastic athletic profile and a very productive guy coming out of college. If we go to James Houston athletic, right? He's not rushing with a ton of power. We're talking more. So athleticism, if I'm not mistaken with James Houston, and then we go to the jets trying to think of who it was that he was blocking against the jets that got past him but either way he struggled for me i don't know if you see it the same way being an offensive lineman right to me i think the speed is what is the thing causing icky more trouble than it is the actual power
2: um yeah i think the speed is a precursor (laughs) I think the speed is a precursor to some of the mistakes that you see him make. And I think when he has to move really, really quickly, which you pretty much always have to an NFL game, I think sometimes the technique tends to slip. So I do agree with you uh, to an extent. And so when you look at how Atlanta's defense lines up, uh, according to PFF, when they diagram each side of the ball in the lineups, it looks like he's going to deal with a lot of Bud Dupree. And so this is a guy that – For his career has 46 and a half sacks uh but he hasn't had over eight since 2020 this is a guy that's dealt with a lot of injuries so that's going to be a key how much is that taking a toll on him how much does he have left in the tank but he's still formidable he's not a phenomenal defensive lineman to say the least but this is a guy that's formidable and so uh i think that'll be a matchup to watch in this football game but uh you know, as far as Icky is concerned, that, that that's gonna be a huge part of this game is how does he look because you, you you will really start to feel like this is a real weakness if he comes out and uh is dominated or is just constantly a weak link. Well, your expectations for Icky against Bud Dupree,
1: tell me everything I need to know about what your expectation for him is in his career and this year. Bud Dupree Had 11 and a half sacks in 2019. It was a long time ago. Long time ago. You're going up against a 30-year-old pass rusher that's played 11 games in three straight seasons who has seven sacks combined in the last two years. Needless to say, this is the type of guy that Icky should win against. Yes. This is the type of guy that I shouldn't see a big old problem with. Grady Jarrett, phenomenal player. We all know that. Very, very good. And it's about time he got some help. Clayus Campbell, also very old, but still a very effective football player. That's where I think the big problem for the defensive line is going to be. But you're hoping that Icky can handle one Bud Dupree. Are we bringing back the rankings tomorrow, too? The top ten in the draft? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Those led to the biggest fights. That. Yeah. Those you led to
2: it. R- the fans love it. We got to give it to them.
1: I can't wait to see where Desmond Ritter is on this top ten. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. going to be in there somewhere. He's going to be in there making $30 million at some point as well. Uh, no, well, Yeah, we can bring that. We got a lot of content. We got a packed show tomorrow, too. That's what I'm
2: saying. It's home.
1: All right. So we got a lot. It's football season. It's, it's, it's finally here. I'm ready to get to it. A lot of people are writing in. Yeah, look, it. we don't have to go crazy sports radio. Call it a must win. But Commander Malik or maybe Commander Malik. I don't know. Anymore. Maybe so. Nice. I think division games are very important. Of course they are. Do you like the way the schedule is broken up where you have two division games off the rip? Because Greg Olson was on the Mac and bone show within the last couple of weeks. He actually said he does like it because it means that there's not much film in division games. Everybody knows everything about everyone unless there's change. And you have a lot of change with Frank Wright coming over the entire coaching staff, new QB, all the important stuff, the most important stuff that's changed dramatically. So maybe it is the right time to face some division foes that are picked by a lot of people to finish above you. And so because they don't know exactly what you're going to do, they don't know how you're going to attack. And especially if the vanilla offense that you put out there in the preseason isn't going to represent what you do in the regular season. I kind of buy into that theory from Greg. Olson.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I do like it off the top because you have meaningful matchups. But when you talk about just the scouting and things of that nature, Frank Reich has been in this league long enough. These NFL coaches, they work so hard. They put in so many hours that they're going to go through. You can bet that they've gone through years and years of his offenses and different things like that to see what he does. They're not. They're not going to come out and do anything earth shattering on Sunday that Frank Reich hasn't done before. And I feel like that uh, coach is worth their salt. They're going to dig through and they're going to find uh, a lot of good intel through what he's done as an OC for the Eagles, head coach for the Colts. Uh, they'll 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 know what's going to come at them for the most
1: part. I wonder though. I, let me. I'm going to lean into this even further because with even Frank Reich. He's had to deal with a different quarterback every single year. I do wonder for defensive coordinators if it's harder to go back and watch film with Frank Reich because of all of the change that he goes through every single season. There is not one year he was head coach with the Colts that he had a starting quarterback going into the next season that he knew who was going to be from based off of uh, last year's performance, right? Like, I think Reich also did a pretty good job tailoring the offense to what best suited that quarterback that worked with him. Whether it be Andrew Luck, to Jacoby Brissett, to Phillip Rivers, to Carson Wentz. You're talking about pretty different QBs in a lot of those scenarios. And now you have Bryce Young. Remember during the pre-draft process, oh, well, it's Frank Reich over there. He doesn't like working with QBs that are smaller than 6'4", so C.J. Stroud is going to be the guy. I always thought that was a little far-fetched, but now you are working with someone that is not 6'4", not anywhere close to it. I do think it's going to be a lot harder to try to figure out some of that film. And here's the other thing. Thomas Brown has his fingerprints on this offense. So now when you're trying to figure out Rams offense, Thomas Brown bringing McVay ideas to a Frank Reich, and Reich even told you all the way back in April when they were finalizing this coaching staff, Brown has a big influence. We are listening to him. His fingerprints are on this playbook. I think it's going to be hard to try to figure this offense out, and that's the only thing they got going for them because they're real young and they don't have a lot of great skill players.
2: Uh, well, I'll push back a little bit and then say that I feel like when you're a coach and, and you've been in the league as long as he has, and then you talk about the McVay offense and things of that nature, I think what a lot of coaches will do is they'll look at personnel. They'll, they'll try to comp. Carolina's personnel to guys that he's had in the past. So they may look at Adam Thielen and say, okay, who did he have in his offense in the past that was like this guy? What did he do with him and and all through that? And then with Bryce Young, obviously the big difference is with the size. But as far as we know, he's got athleticism. We know he can move out of the pocket. We know he can make plays uh, off script and things of that nature. So I think they're going to look at more so concepts. What type of player that's played for Reich is similar to him now Carson Wentz obviously big difference in size, but as far as mobility and pocket presence when he was at his apex, I think you can look at that and say okay, what did oh, the right pocket did with presence him? is awful though. Well, I'm saying but when he was at his apex, when he was playing MVP caliber football like before he got the, but that, the the knee injury.
1: I think that goes back to how great the Eagles offensive line was even then, Super Bowl leading.
2: No doubt, but Carson court, Wentz was nasty that year. Though. I I I
1: hate look, I'm I hear you. I've watched too much Carson Wentz <laughs> play for the Colts to say
2: anything positive. Right, but about, that last year with his... the Eagles, he was pretty nasty. Oh, no, he was good. That's and what I'm so was Nick Foles. So you but look yes, at that. he was good. Look at you, backhanded compliment. I, look, I can't. I know I've how seen Carson
1: Wentz up. take i I've seen this guy <laughs> yeah. in his own end zone throw it up for grabs five yards beyond the line of scrimmage because no doubt. his presence so I so think bad.
2: that's the main thing that they'll do is they'll try to find players with comparable skill sets to see what he did with them to try to scout them out.
1: Fair. I think it's going to be really hard. I think it's going to be hard. It doesn't mean that they can't win. It doesn't mean that the Panthers are going to go off for 30 points. I don't think that at all. But I do think it's going to be very difficult to say, okay, Thomas Brown. Let's look at some of the personnel that they have with the Rams when he was on that offensive staff. Mm -hmm. Now let's try to mesh that with what we expect with Frank Reich. And you mentioned the mobility. I can't wait to see what Bryce Young does with his legs in this game Uh, against the Falcons. and especially if the offensive line is bad. <laughs> especially if the offensive line is bad, no doubt. I hope that he's able to do that if there's man coverage, people aren't looking his way, right. and then he picks a safe lane to run yeah. through. That's what I would love. But part of that stuff,
2: even though I don't want to see it, I want to see a great offensive line perform. You'd ideally like to see him just right back there in the pocket. Sure. But isn't,
1: isn't the adapting what makes a QB great? I want to see if he has any of that special ability in this game because I think he does. I think we did see that against Detroit where he started to run a little bit. They didn't, I don't know how much they opened up the playbook I mean, they put guys in motion. We talked about a play action. They were leaning on a little bit. But with Bryce Young, I think they allowed him to be himself a little more. I think the coaches were telling him, do not escape preseason game number one. You're going to sit back in that pocket, get rid of the football quickly and not get hurt. And I think against Detroit, okay, please slide, be smart, but you know, freelance it a little bit, and after two series, you score a touchdown, let's be done with it. I, the, the offense, I think Reich is a creative play caller. I think Thomas Brown is a smart guy by all accounts, and I think Sean McVay is, so if we do the coaching tree thing, I think there are a lot of concepts that are going to be fascinating for me. I, I'm excited to see what this offense is going to look like. And you're right. Hopefully the line protects.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like in the NFL, especially when you get to the level of those guys, that those coaches, they've seen everything. And so I feel like that there, obviously you can still beat guys and be able to scheme stuff. And I think it comes down to a lot of, personnel as well. Like what do you have with if you like we, what you talked about? Yeah. Do you have a player comparable to a Cooper Cup? Probably not. No, no. Do you have a player comparable to Odell when he was there? Probably not. So I think that 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 plays into it as well as far as how you can scheme guys open and 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 a guy like Cooper Cup that's going to take attention away and you can open up a guy on the backside because they're too busy chasing Cooper Cup and things of that nature. So it, it's going to be definitely a chess match and I think Uh, It'll definitely be an interesting first half for sure until adjustments can be made, teams can start feeling each other out as well. But this could be a most advantageous time for Carolina to take advantage of the fact that people maybe don't have a, direct bead on what's going to be coming at them to be able to perhaps get into the end zone enough to win uh, one or both of these games
1: yeah, Uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen this weekend, can't wait, should be a lot of fun, yeah, Bart Scott style for sure let's go to the last Fitty Flash of the day, what you got for us Fitty
2: Fitty (laughs) Fitty
3: I know we're on the, uh, I guess, the start day of the NFL season. Week two of college football gets underway tonight as well. But we got to talk a little women's college basketball. Did y'all see the contract that Kim Mulkey signed at LSU? Sure did. She got 30 million. 10-year, $32 million deal. Of course, she led the Tigers to the NCAA uh, Women's Championship this past year after a historic and really game-changing Final Four for the women's game. The $32 million deal will be the richest uh, total contract in women's college basketball history, topping what you saw, Pat. Summit make, Gino Auriemma make at UConn, even though this past year he made about $3 million. So. Another step in the right direction for the women's game that I think is in store for a really big year in
2: 2023, 2024. No doubt about it. LSU is loaded. Angel Reese, Haley Van List. So, yeah, that's going to be money well spent because I think she's going to bring a few championships to Baton Rouge, baby.
1: It's a good point. I, I do think the sport is capitalizing off of a lot of the newsworthy storylines that we got last year. So you have Caitlin Clark coming back and even Paige Beckers for UConn.
2: Yes, I can't wait to see my right Paige. It's it's, it's oh, been
1: a while. Man. It's been a while. So the fact that you have this many stars, Angel Reese, out and about, big time in the public eye, it's going to be a lot of fun. One more segment to go. The West and Walker walk off. It's a tongue twister. Stick around. Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ.
2: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: To walker sports radio 92 7 wfnz we got an unexpected guest Flounder, dog fire flizzle hopping in the Planet kia studios to help us figure out this game tonight how excited are you flounder for kansas city detroit
5: uh pretty pumped up man you know i know I, I was excited last week for the return of college football that's really the return of football for me but uh it's always nice to get the nfl back and i think with the news of Travis Kelsey, this one could be a little bit better than even we were thinking a couple of uh, weeks ago.
1: All right, so we don't have an official designation for him, right? We just know that he's questionable, or do we know already? He hasn't been ruled out. I don't okay. think. Yeah, I think That's he's I still think.
5: questionable. Cooper Cup is ruled out already for the Rams against yeah, he might Seattle. Be gone for a so. While.
1: Yeah, I saw a history of hamstring problems for wide receivers, and you usually Mm. miss quite a bit of time Mm. if you've got that injury coming into the NFL season. So here we have Kansas City, Travis Kelsey, questionable. Chris Jones has not agreed to a deal. He seems to be standing pretty firm in his stance that he's not going to play unless he gets that raise, quote-unquote raise, that he was talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's all he's asking for. I just want a raise, and if I get it then I'll play against Detroit. And if not, that he won't. And he said on Twitter a while back that he was prepared to miss eight games and that he was okay because he already made a decent amount of money in his last contract. So if you were to talk about the two most important players outside of Pat Mahomes for this team, I don't think there's any doubt you'd go exactly the guys in question to play. It'd be Travis Kelsey. By far the only weapon that you feel good about. And defensively, Chris Jones, well, he might be the best defensive player in all of football after what he did last year. How close is this game between Kansas City and Detroit because of the injuries they're suffering and the absences? I I could
2: see Mahomes being the monster that he is, taking this as a personal challenge to say that people think that we're going to come out and take an L tonight at home just because I don't have X, Y, Z, so I'm going to get this thing done. I still say KC wins by seven. What about you, Fitty? Who are you going
1: with between both of your guys and uh, Jared Goff? <laughs> Love you some Jared Goff. Does he get the job done against Pat Mahomes?
3: You know, I, I think it would be a lot of fun. The Lions are starting their season this year where they ended it last year on the road, in primetime, on NBC. Last year they ended Aaron Rodgers' career as the Packers quarterback and got him to a place where he's going to be loved and appreciated now with the Jets. It doesn't happen tonight. Like Mahomes in this type of environment, it's it's, it's going to be overwhelming for Detroit. I don't know if they're ready for this where you're watching a team hang a banner, a team that has got championship pedigree up and down the roster. I think Kansas City wins 27-16.
2: Yeah, I mean, as far as them not being ready, I felt like what they did in Green Bay was very impressive. Going in in a must-win scenario for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, that crowd, that weather, and them going in there and getting a win – I don't know that they'll necessarily be intimidated by the environment. I just feel like Mahomes is just going to really flex and show why he is the Michael Jordan of the NFL.
1: You know who they weren't ready for? They weren't ready for Carolina last year. Hmm. Lost that game to the Carolina Panthers. Just saying. Panthers are moving on.
2: Uh, Is that O-line the same?
1: Detroit's is, which is what has me thinking that Detroit might win this one. I, this one's tough because oh, I know this offensive line is so good for Detroit, Jared Goff. I think he's going to be protected because I don't trust the pass rush without Chris Jones. I don't know how you could. I, I just think also the offensive line just might be the sticking point for me to pick Kansas city. Cause remember they were one of the best last year too. It's not, it wasn't just Pat Mahomes. It wasn't just Travis Kelsey offensively. They were good at running the football. Despite not having a star, you know, running back, getting the undrafted guy in Isaiah Pacheco. But when you talk about that offensive line, they were very good at protecting. We know that this Detroit defense isn't great. James Houston, underrated pass rusher. We got to see that against Aquanu, But they were still really bad against the run. And we know that Pat Mahomes is not looking to play hero ball anymore. He's looking to do the smart thing. The smart thing might suggest, hey, we could just hand it off to Pacheco time and time again, and then I can beat you downfield because I still am the best QB in the game. I think for that reason, I just can't go against Kansas City. I'm too scared to do so, especially with them playing at Arrowhead. Give me Kansas City to win this one. Flander, you're going to make it a, a clean sweep.
5: Oh, yes, because you've got the best quarterback in the league right now. you got a guy that's already probably a first ballot Hall of Famer with what he's done to this point in his career. I think there are questions defensively. The fact that you don't have Chris Jones hurts. Then you add in the fact that you lost a guy like Frank Clark in the offseason. They don't, they're, they're not going to be able to rush the passer. And one of the things that's crucial, and I saw it firsthand for many years under Steve Spagnuolo is you have to be able to rush the passer. Yeah, he loves There blitzing. are going to be a ton of points in this game for an NFL game. I, I think... To me, the first one to 35 probably wins this game. I I think Kansas City's going to be able to score on that. Detroit defense, which isn't great. Uh, Pat Mahomes will find somebody. I think it'll probably be, if I had to pick somebody, it'll probably be Marquez Valdez-Scantling that'll have the big game in this one. Uh, So I think... I think <laughs> do we have- Kansas City wins 38-33 over Detroit to begin the season.
1: All right, so we got some unexpected hate from Mackenzie Alexander early in the show. Do we have
2: unexpected hate for MVS in this game? Yes, no doubt about it. Wasted fantasy pick. Uh oh, here we go. going to be able to do something. <laughs> no, but I mean, Kansas City did get 55 sacks last year. That was second in the league. And Frank Clark only got five of those. I know he had a daring year. That's why they got rid of him. But Chris Jones had 15 and a half of those. But uh, I think they should still be able because one thing about Spagnuolo, he'll hit, he'll heat you up. So he'll bring the house if need be. Uh, love Legereus Snead. Nick
1: Bolton is good. It's not like they're completely absent of defenders. It's just Chris Jones is the most important one. Interior pass rush seems to be king. I am interested, too, just with the career outlook or the season outlook, I should say, for both of these squads. You know, I I actually think Juju is a decent sized loss for them. I, I know he's not the guy that everybody thought he might be in Pittsburgh, not the number one option, but made plays for him last year. We got to see it in the Super Bowl a little bit, got to see them in the postseason. Juju was a guy as the wide receiver that they could depend on to get a first down. He's a real I, I don't think he's afraid, you know, strong receiver possession type guy. The fact that you lose him and you know, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, who's real fragile, although electric, but still really fragile with his injury history, it, the the weapons are going to be fascinating. Like speaking of fantasy football, who are you drafting? If Kelsey is not the guy, you can't draft him. Sky Moore. You have to you have to pick a receiver. You're going with Sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I go Sky too. Who are you going with, Flound? Valdez, Scantley. You're saying like for tonight? Yeah, No, just if you had to pick a wide receiver for Kansas City because oh. we all want a piece of that wide Watch receiver. Watch
2: out for that rookie, too, Rasheed Rice. I know. They're
1: making some noise, no, too. No, that's exactly what I'm saying, and then we haven't even talked. Tony is another mention here. Justin okay. Ross? No, no. I Trust know, me,
5: I've uh, seen enough of him to idea, know. I, he's, <laughs> he's so injury prone. Who is this you're he's, he's talking about? K- Kadarius Tony. Tony. He's going to get oh. hurt at some point. Like he, he, he did. I mean, it, he was injured for him last year. When he first got there, like he, he's he's had so many issues. But he's so fun. Oh, he's a great. He, <laughs> he has moments where he flashes. I would. Okay, so for tonight's game, like I said, I think it would be Valdez Scantling. I would say long term, you guys are right. I love Sky Moore coming out of right. Western Michigan. I think he's your guy.
1: All right, who's your receiver, Fitty? Give us your last pick and stop flipping off Kyle Bailey.
3: Oh no, I I, I would take Sky Moore.
1: <laughs> okay, Sky yeah. Moore. Oh, uh, clean sweep and those guys. Because the
3: sky's the limit for him. There Great we go, dismount. baby.
1: That's Fitty, and that is Flounder joining us in the walk-off. Stay tuned for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. Coming up next, it's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.